Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU, listen on all the great ESPN stations across the country, as well as Sirius XM80 and the ESPN app, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Sunday night football last night, we're waiting for all the numbers to come in, but the assumption <laughs> is that it may be the most watched NFL regular season game maybe ever. And it's not because the two teams were so great last night, that's for sure. Although it was a good game last night. It was a good game, for sure. But it was all about Taylor Swift and how unbelievable her power and influence is. They, she, we see her coming into the game. She brings her friends, which includes celebrities, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Hugh Jackman. I mean, just a ridiculous amount of celebrities. Sophie Turner, right, amongst others that are there with her. And she has just an enormous amount of celebrity power with her. They walk into the um, stadium. They have their luxury suite. And the cameras are all on them. NBC does the open with Carson Daly and the voice kind of explaining to the Swifties who may be new to football the storylines around the game, which is that Aaron Rodgers is hurt, but he's there last night, and he actually is also a Swiftie, which they made sure they included because he was at the concert at the Meadowlands, or excuse me, MetLife, over the summer with Miles Teller, his friend that's an actor, and then also the storylines around the dynastic Kansas City Chiefs and how Travis Kelsey is a tight end and he plays with Mahomes, etc. This coming off of the big girls' dinner that Smalls predicted would happen on Saturday night in the city in New York where uh, Brittany Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' wife, now got the invite. So she was part of that with Taylor Swift. And the, the all of the celebrities' star power really, really going into that game last night. It was massive. It was. And now do, are you guys believers? Are you believers that trailer is a real thing? No. No, I think I, I think I think we're all being hoaxed, and the NFL is in on it. This is a huge publicity stunt. Because I mean, think about it, man. Taylor Swift is a star among stars. That's her entourage that came with her to the game. Hugh Jackman and Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and all these people. That's her entourage. <laughs> like those people are with her walking into the game. They're behind her walking into the game. Like so, I, I just I, I don't know that it's a real thing. But I just know that the NFL is like, thank you for all of this free publicity that we're getting. I'm not saying that her and Travis don't have a relationship, but I think it's much more on the plutonic side than it is on the romantic side. Now, good on the NFL for capitalizing on it, sending out the friendship bracelets with the NFL Sunday tickets sponsored by YouTube. Shout out to my wife. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I just think that this is one of those mutually beneficial relationships and allowing people to speculate on it is only going to add fuel to this fire and bring more pub to Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey has added like a million Instagram followers oh, yeah. for the last couple of weeks, too. So that's the Taylor Swift influence on it. But regardless of what it is, it, what it boils down to is it being great for the National Football League. I cannot express to you how little my friends care about sports, and in particular football, and they are all in. They're all watching the game last night because Taylor Swift is in attendance. So do they get annoyed wa- when like they show the actual football game? 
No, they're at the group chat is pop. My friends could not care less about my job. They watch, love you guys to support me, but they don't know much about football. They're asking me yesterday. Somebody texted me and was like, what does it mean when it says second and seven? Like they're, <laughs> they're wanting to learn about right. football That's great. and these people that are new fans. This is a whole new demographic that she has brought into the NFL. I'm seeing all these videos on social media of dads with their little daughters who love Taylor Swift being like, they want to watch the game because Taylor is present at, you know, at the Chiefs. She's a character in the story. She's a character in the story. But you know what? We are a nation that is obsessed with football. Football is king. And Mm -hmm. these new people, whether it's through the Taylor Swift Avenue that are coming, are likely going to fall in love with either the Chiefs or the game as a whole. And the NFL is reaping the benefits of this. Great promotion for Taylor Swift, too, with her new Eras Tour movie that's coming in theaters in the middle of October. I'm just saying, with the timing of it all, I feel like we're all being trolled with the Travis-Kelsey-Taylor Swift relationship. Again, it's not that they... Don't have a relationship. I just don't think it's a romantic relationship. So, he, okay, Cece, you and I have to break this down in a different way than Smalls. Because Smalls up? is in on this, that they're together, right? Yeah. You've never backed off of that, correct? Did you yeah. not see the secret photos that were taken at the rooftop of her with her arms around him? With the her secret, po- not-so-secret photos? Yeah, with her pulling on his ear yeah. like she's trying to pe- like yeah, rip it off. Okay, so yeah, here's the thing. You and I are on the same page on this. Yeah. We think there's, like, there's a catch to this, yeah. right? But Why? This is the problem that I'm coming uh, – like I'm in my head, I'm thinking to myself, what's the catch? So if you and I don't think they're together and we think this could be for publicity, it's not like the NFL or Taylor Swift are hurting for publicity. What You're looking at me like I'm when crazy. Is, when is the NFL not wanted more publicity? But why would she do this? <laughs> what? Why would she do this? Because she has a movie coming out but, about her so concert that did numbers fans? across the world. But she wants NFL fans? Why not get more fans? What's wrong with more people I being agree, in, being but, in What's wrong with more people being aware of what you're doing? Nothing. I exactly. just wouldn't think she would do this. So this is where I go back and forth on it. I don't I don't think she's like publicity stunt like this. I think she's kind of true to her fans. Okay. All right. I, I could be wrong, but I okay. think that she's true to her fans. I, it's funny you brought up the second and seven. I was thinking about that last night. For the non-football fans, because the football fans had a tough time understanding this, including the, the, like the referee, Terry McCauley, or whoever does the referee stuff on NBC. When there was the face mask in the end zone, all I could think about is what is going on in that suite when Taylor Swift turns to like Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. What just happened? Why do they have two points? Why is it 17-2? Because even on the broadcast, was a face mask outside the end zone? Was it inside the end zone? The non-football fan understanding that is beyond me because as a football fan, that was tough to understand. Yeah, but I mean, listen, that's the crazy thing about last night's game. After the Chiefs went up 17-0, we thought that it was going to be about Taylor Swift for the rest of the broadcast, and it turned out to be a pretty damn good ball game. Like, I mean, that was the turning point for the New York Jets last night. Bryce Huff being able to force that penalty on Jawan Taylor. They put two points on the board. Very next drive, they ended up getting a field goal, and then they followed that up with the interception by C.J. Mosley that leads to a touchdown. Like, that was how the Jets got off the mat, and that's going to have to be their formula for success. But I'll say this. That defense, that locker room now has a reason to believe that they can be more competitive because their quarterback, Zach Wilson, actually showed him something yesterday. He looked like he was a starting quarterback in the NFL yesterday, which we have not been able to say about him up until this point. And I hope that he can build upon that because the Jets have a lot of talent. 
And the fact that Zach Wilson was able to go out there last night, and I know that he had a massive mistake at the end of the game that he took ownership for that that was a contributing factor of them losing the game. But the fact that he was able to go out there, they opened up the playbook for him, and he was able to hang with the Kansas City Chiefs and put his team in a position to defeat the defending champs. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you're a Jets fan, that's a positive sign. Small sample size, but it's not as if he was doing this against the Denver Broncos. He did it against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs were a top-six defense going into that game last night. I mean, the, the fact that he was able to shred them the way that he did on that opening drive of the second half, I thought it made a statement that they're going to play competitive football. And you saw it in Zach, right? It, it just felt like it was free and easy. The kid was letting it rip. I mean, you look at some of the throws that he made, the back shoulder touchdown pass to Alan Lazard. I mean, that was a tight window. I mean, if it was a little bit more inside, Brian Cook would have been able to knock it away. That's a that's a pass deflection rather than a touchdown. But then also the seam route to Tyler Conklin, the slot fade to tight end Jeremy Ruckert. Like, those are big boy throws that we saw Zach make. And then on the, the, the play for the two-point conversion, I mean – Zach calling his own number after the pocket breaks down and finding a way to scramble and make that play. Like, he showed us that he has the the physical tools in order to get it done. It's just a matter of him being able to build confidence and consistency. And I think last night, even though it's hard to say there's a silver lining in getting a loss in the NFL, it was a little bit of a moral victory for Rob Sala and Zach Wilson. Now Rob Sala can stand in front of the camera and say with some legitimacy, some credibility, that Zach gives us the best chance to win. Mm-hmm. For everybody that's crambling, uh, uh, clamoring for the Jets to get another starting quarterback, Rob Sala can actually look at his locker room, he can look at his fan base and say, Zach gives us the best chance to win. See, look at the game yesterday. And to that, I would say, see, look at the possession that they had crossing midfield in the fourth quarter where he fumbles the ball. Yeah. Like, those are the plays that can't happen. Well, both could be true. He could give them the best chance because of the circumstances they're in, and he doesn't give them a good chance. (laughs) Right? I mean, No, that's fair. That's a fair point. And so I guess those are the things that are mind-numbing about Zach Wilson because for as good as he can look at times – He'll have moments where you have those unforced errors and you don't have that kind of margin for 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 uh, mistakes when it comes to how the Jets have to win games. This is a team that's going to be led by their defense. Their offense ain't going to light up the scoreboard. That's not who they are. Maybe under Aaron Rodgers it could have been different, but that's not who they're going to be under Zach Wilson. And so Zach has got to understand you can't allow the game to get away from you in that way. You can't take your eyes off the football on a perfect shotgun snap. That, again, that's an unforced error that takes away an opportunity for your team to win the game. Now, another play that took away an opportunity for them to win the game was the holding penalty on MVS that Sauce Gardner had mm-hmm. that allowed the Chiefs to sustain a drive. But if the Jet- New York Jets are looking for a reason as to why they lost that game last night, it's because their defense couldn't get off the field in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs held the ball for 11 and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. Your defense is supposed to be what wins the day for you. Your defense is the one that let you down. Your defense is the one that allowed Pat Mahomes to convert a third and 23 by scrambling. Which like, they thought was a holding. They did think there was well, a holding. Well, on, but well, it wasn't yeah, called. It, it, it might matter. have been holding on Donovan Smith or on Jermaine Johnson. But hold it, listen, holding is legal in the NFL as a defensive lineman. And you got to understand, under no circumstances can you let the quarterback run for third, for 25 yards to convert a third down. You know, that can't happen with the game on the line. I'm glad you brought up the defense because here's the thing. You can look at this with the Jets. Everybody thought going into the season, they said it. DJ Reed, their, their defensive back, cornerback, said, oh, we're like the 85 Bears, basically. We're going to be great, whatever it is. 
Well, you talk about the idea that they couldn't get off the field in the fourth quarter, which you're right. They were down 17-0 in the first quarter. That game, their defense was very unimpressive early on, so I think the defense deserves a little bit more of a hit here. But I, I want to ask you, the in terms of the uh, potential stat of the day, so to speak, in the NFL, there's two stats that I thought were amazing. Well, there's a bunch, but here, I'll give you quickly. The, the Chiefs' final drive, 15 plays, the oddity, 15 plays, 45 yards, yep. 7 minutes and 24 seconds. That is as odd as could be in terms of a stat. To have that many plays and that little amount of yards, but wait, there's more. Did you see what Alvin Kamara of the Saints had yesterday? He had 13 receptions for 33 yards. <laughs> that is unheard of. To have that kind of stat line, 13 receptions, 33 yards. Weirdest stat of the day. It's one of those two. Great for PPR leagues. <laughs> yeah, fantasy but football. Not, not for the yardage. Also, you had Khalil Mack with six sacks. Christian McCaffrey with four touchdowns. Some of the weird stats we saw yesterday. But, yeah, I mean, the Jets could look at this as a positive. There's no question in terms of what they did overall. But the reality is they're still one and three. They're still in big trouble. But, yes, Zach Wilson may not be great. But he's the best of the worst right now, I think, for the New York Jets. Coming up, should Ron Rivera have gone for two instead of playing for overtime? We'll get into that debate next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU. Listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country as well as SiriusXM80 in the ESPN app. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is the telephone number as part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve, and you can give us your unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend. We're going to get to the Washington and Philly game in a second, but I know, CC, you had an unsportsmanlike moment. Uh, Jerry Tillery of the Chargers, that was one yeah, that you Yeah, I, I mean, Jerry Tillery got kicked out, but I, I, I love the idea of being able to get at your former quarterback because that guy is wearing the red jersey in practice. You can never hit him when he's on your team, but when you go to another team and have a chance to take a shot at him, you absolutely do it. But Tillery's was too obvious right there on the sideline. Like, bro, try to hide it a little <laughs> bit. Try. To, I know you want to hit your former quarterback. Just hide it a little bit. The 
fact that he couldn't hide it to the degree where he got kicked out of the game. Damn it, Jerry, Jerry Tillery, as a defensive lineman, I understand how you felt. You just got to hide it a little bit, dog. You just can't be so blatant with it. I said of the Chargers. Certainly on the Chargers is what he did. He knocked out Justin Herbert yesterday. He used to be on the Chargers now with the Raiders, obviously. Well, the Chargers were on his ass right after he did that, That's too. True. They, I mean, that, that, that almost led to a brawl, which is why the refs, I think, had to kick him out. Now, I think they got it right because there's no place in the game for that. But I understand what Jerry Tillery was feeling in that moment. There was a time when I left the Dallas Cowboys and went to play for the New York Giants. We get a shot at the Cowboys twice a year. (laughs) I remember the first time playing against Romo down in Jerry's world, and I made sure that I let him know that I was going to be on him all game long. There was one time in particular where I hit him late. It drew a flag. And I knew I was going to get fined, but I told Tony Romo, that's money well spent. Ended up costing me fifteen grand, Ooh. but it set a tone for the game and how that was going to go. And does he laugh in that spot, knowing that you guys know each other, or yeah. is he then draw back at you? How no, does that he, didn't, work? he didn't laugh at me because I knocked the hell out of him. <laughs> no, why you, Were you going to laugh at a defensive lineman no, but who I'm has saying... a chance to keep hitting you for the rest of the game? I'm not. That's why you threw eight picks at Nyack. It's terrible. Tough place to play. You know, I, drove, anyway. I drove by it this weekend, and every single time, that's where I, a high school quarterback I played at Nyack, a place in New York. Every time I drive by the exit, I give it the middle finger below the, uh, like, so nobody could see it. And my wife literally turns to me, and we're <laughs> taking my son to a basketball game where he's playing it. AU, my son and my daughter are in the back. My wife turns to me and says, maybe let it go. I said, I will never. Never let ever, it go? Ever okay. let it go. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Wa- anyway, Washington and Philly. I- I'm going to call people out for unsportsmanlike. Here we go. Anyone saying that Ron Rivera. Down 31-30 with the clock expired, should have gone for two, is unsportsmanlike. I'm sorry. You're in that game. You have a good football team. If you're terrible, if you're the Chicago Bears and you're getting blown out in every single game, or Broncos previous to yesterday and you're playing some great team and you want to go for two and win it in that moment because extending the game means you're just going to lose the game, fine. Washington is way better than that. They did a great job during the course of that game yesterday. So I think it's unsportsmanlike anyone suggesting down 31-30 with the clock expired, you go for two instead of one. They did the right thing going to overtime. They didn't end up winning the game. The Eagles are 4-0. Eagle fans probably like Pat Costello are annoyed. Our producer, hey, they haven't played well. They're 4-0. Deal with it. They're fine. But I think it's totally unsportsmanlike anybody calling out Ron Rivera that he should have gone for two in that spot. No, especially when they got the coin flip in overtime. They get the ball, and Sam Howe and Terry McLaurin almost hook up for a huge game that would have ultimately ended up deciding the game. So I just, like like I said, I, I don't think that was the wrong decision to make. Ron Rivera has a team that can look the Philadelphia Eagles eye to eye on their home turf and come out there with a win. They showed it last year when they ended the the Eagles' unbeaten season. Uh, I think that was week 9 or week 10. But then they went in there yesterday, and they had control of the game for the most part through the entirety of that game. It wasn't until late in the second half where the Eagles ended up taking the lead. But then the commanders stormed back behind a 10-play drive by Sam Howell that goes 64 yards, and then ends up leading to a touchdown and, and, and having an opportunity to play for overtime. So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with Ron Rivera that you take your chances in the, 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 uh, the extra quarter because your team is just that good. Again, we're talking about 
being a, 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 a forearm away, because that's what Terry McLaurin did. He mm-hmm. caught the ball. He stepped on Reed Blankenship's forearm. Had that not happened, you're probably talking about him pulling that catch down, being in plus territory, and having a chance to, to get game-winning points. So, I, again, it was the right decision for me, but I think that game yesterday told us more about the Commanders than it did the Philadelphia Eagles. The Commanders are a good football team, yeah. and they're going to be in the playoff mix come December. Yeah, I, I thought it said a lot, too, about Sam Howell. Not only that he went toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts and put his position, team in a position to beat the Eagles, but they're coming off that 37-3 to loss to the Bills where he threw four interceptions and he took nine sacks. I thought he showed a lot of poise, and he was under duress yesterday, and he was able to maintain composure. I just thought we learned a lot about Sam Howell in a bounce-back effort. You know, one of the other things that has popped up here is the conversation about offensive coordinator for the Commanders, Eric Bieniemy, and now is he finally going to get that head coaching opportunity and I think it's probably going to come his way because what he's done with Sam Howell has been phenomenal so far, and Washington looks great. I will continue to reiterate a circumstance that I think is going to come up. It's a prediction more than any kind of report or anything like that. My belief is that there will be a team, maybe multiple teams out there, that will be calling Washington for permission to speak with Eric Bieniemy about their head coaching position. And then I think Washington is going to be in a tough spot because I think by the end of the year, they're going to hover around, you know, let's say 9-8 and eight or whatever, maybe even 10-7. and seven. And they're going to look at this year as a major success with a young quarterback who can easily outperform his contract based on the fact that he was not a first-round pick. So they have exactly how you want to build a team. And I think they're going to be faced with the decision. Do we want to let Eric Biennemi go? Or do we actually want to promote Eric Biennemi and move Ron Rivera into a different role within the organization? I know that's a weird angle to this, but I'm telling you, I could see that situation happening. Because if you're Washington, new ownership group with Josh Harris, who did not hire Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera's done nothing wrong here. I just don't know how you look at Eric Bietemi and think he's going to do more right. No, I'm with you on that one, and I think that's probably the biggest statement for the Washington Commanders in terms of them turning the corner, them actually having Sam Howell affirm their belief in him this offseason by the way he's played. So they've put the people around him, the coaching staff, the skill position players, the offensive line, in order to have him have success, and Eric Bieniemy is going to get a huge amount of credit. I think that's a down-the-road problem that you're describing, but in the here and now, we have to recalibrate our collective expectations on the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Right? I know I've been high on them, but now I think it's fair for everybody to be high on the Commanders based on what we've seen. Because you mentioned it, Smalls. You got blown out at home 37-3 by the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. Now, the Buffalo Bills are a really good football team, as we saw yesterday. You lost in a nail-biter in overtime on the road against the division rival that was in the Super Bowl a year ago. Now it's fair to actually put expectations on the Washington Commanders. How that team deals with them is going to be interesting to see. Now, I mean, you look at the next three games for them, the Chicago Bears, then on the road against Atlanta and the New York Giants. You're talking about this team winning two of those three games at the worst. And so I think that's how we have to view the Washington Commanders now through that lens of a team that's going to have an opportunity to be in the postseason, especially in a thin NFC. We've talked a lot about the Commanders. We haven't even really talked about the Eagles, who won the game and who are undefeated. I know that they haven't looked dominant yet, that they're still finding their way, but they haven't lost a game yet. Any concerns for the Eagles from you two? Yeah, they're play calling on offense. Brian Johnson, I just think that there were some things yesterday. Just you couldn't. It, it made it hard to explain. They gave opportunities to that Washington Commanders team in order to call back into it once Philly took control in that fourth quarter. I just didn't understand some of the play calling from their offensive coordinator. I don't think him and Jalen Hurts are on the same page. That's going to take some time. But as you keep stacking wins, it's it's easier to learn from those things because it's not costing your team an opportunity for the ultimate prize. They're too good for me to worry yet. 
Like mm-hmm. it'll happen, right? Like they they have they have room to play with, so they could be at their worst in what you're saying. In that the relationship between offense coordinator and quarterback, they're still four and zero, and they're still arguably the second best team in the um, NFC behind San Francisco, who are unbelievable. Eight and eight say ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show. The unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend for you guys out there, either the worst moment, funniest moment, however you want to look at it. We will get your phone calls in on that, plus all the small things coming up on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, it is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Smalls gives us all of her small things from the NFL weekends. Smalls, what do you have for us? How about this one? We've had the debate here on the show about a non-quarterback winning the MVP award. CC was high on Micah Parsons earlier in the year for that uh, for him to get it. Evan, you said there's no way. It's only going to be a quarterback that wins the award. Correct. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw CMC Christian McCaffrey into mm. the mix, okay? The 49ers off to a 4-0 start. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 35-16 to yesterday. Heading into that game, Christian McCaffrey was leading the league in rushing. He'd scored in each of the team's first three games. What did he do yesterday 177 scrimmage yards a career high four touchdowns yesterday he could have broken the franchise record with five or excuse me had a chance to tie the franchise record with tie uh, with five and he didn't get it but he is absolutely bananas so far this season no one can stop Christian McCaffrey what do you think about him in the MVP discussion well I'm glad you brought up the concept of a San Francisco 49er arguably the best team in the league winning the MVP Because I would like to make this statement. If next week the San Francisco 49ers go out and beat the Dallas Cowboys and their quarterback, Brock Purdy, has a big game in doing so, let's say two or three touchdowns and no interceptions, I want Brock Purdy higher up on that MVP list. Mm. I actually think it's time we start talking about Brock Purdy as an MVP. Have you watched this guy Per, uh, courtesy of Caesar Sportsbook, his odds, as you see on the ESPNU side, thank you, Jerry, plus 1,800. I consider making that bet. He was 20 of 21 yesterday. This guy doesn't miss. It's now beyond the idea that he's 0.4% of the salary cap. He is really good. <laughs> CC said at the beginning of the year, why aren't we considering him top half of the league in the quarterback rankings? Well, you know what? Why not start considering him top 10? His team is awesome around him, but he does nothing to make them lose, and now he's starting to do things to make them win. Brock Purdy, with one more great performance, 
should be an MVP candidate, maybe a top three to five in the entire league. So, yes, Smalls, you're right. There should be a Niner as an MVP, but not CMC. It should be Purdy. Yeah. And he should be Brocking all night long. Brocking, steady Brocking all night long. Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy is tops in QBR through the first four weeks of the NFL season. He's top three in completion percentage. He's top ten in passing yards. Yeah, it's about time that we get his dude his flowers. Credit to Kyle Shanahan for running an offense that's user-friendly. But this is the dude that's taking advantage of it. And about the best thing that I can say about him is he's not turning the football over. Zero interceptions for Brock Purdy to five touchdown tosses. Like, I, I just – I'm big on Brock Purdy. And at some point, we got to give him a little bit of the credit for this team winning 14 straight regular season games. Okay, so cool, cool. No, no on Christian McCaffrey then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, to answer your question. No, because both of us think that there's a better candidate on that team. You answered my question, though. Right, I, we did I answer the question. I threw Christian McCaffrey to the table, you swatted away, and you doubled down on Brock. And I co-signed, yeah. yeah I it's it. not hating on McCaffrey. Right, again, I think this is this is going to be a new theme on the show. Two things can be true at once. Well, here's the thing. We saw what the team without Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey was in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, didn't we? Yes. Didn't we see that movie? Wasn't pretty. And they, were, they got Wasn't to the Super Bowl <laughs> with a lot of this group. I know Jimmy G was there, but before Christian McCaffrey, when they lost, yeah. right? Yeah. Next one. You know what else is not pretty, you guys? What's going on in Cincinnati? One and three, fourth in the AFC North. Joe Burrow does not look like himself at all. The Titans were there for the Bengals to take. Joe Burrow's practicing on Thursday. He's practicing on Friday. This is a porous defense. Joe Burrow should have been able to take advantage of the Tennessee Titans. He does not. They fall to the Titans 27-3. to And after the game, his teammate Jamar Chase had this to say. I'm open. I'm always open. Excuse my profanity. I'm sorry. Where are you guys at with the panic meter on the Cincinnati Bengals? Oh, it's all the way up. Turned all the way up. The Nothing Cincinnati Bengals. Stop me. They, they all, all the way up. They, well, they, 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 they all the way down. They, they are down bad right now. And they are, Everything they, can stop they them. They're all the way down. They are down bad like four flats on a Cadillac, and it's because Joe Burrow has that flat tire, that right calf. And yeah. until Joe Burrow gets healthy, things aren't going to get better in Cincinnati. I, listen. The, the guy is out there by name only. I mean, the things that makes Joe Burrow special, he's not able to do. He can't drive the ball downfield. He can't escape the pocket when it collapses on him and, and extend the down. So, I mean, if that's the version of Joe Burrow that's going to continue to show up, I think this, there's a case to be made that Cincinnati might need to go out and play their backup quarterback or find another quarterback that can be healthy enough to operate the offense because clearly that's not Joe Burrow. Well, And when Jamar Chase makes that comment, guys, I think back to him openly and publicly campaigning for Joe Burrow not to play. Yep. And I wonder if that's not so much an indictment on his guy, his quarterback, as it is the, the people that are making the decision to allow Joe Burrow to play. So um, here's my take on the Jamar Chase-Joe Burrow conversation. Remember last week when Chris Canty, right over here, was ridiculed for wearing a hoodie on first take by the, by the great Stephen A. Smith, who I love. But do you remember the reason why Stephen A. initially invited you on first take? Because he disagreed with the idea that I think the Bengals should bench Joe Burrow. Shut down. More than, well, Ben shut down whatever it ben is, Ben shut right? down, Ben yeah. shut down. It's the same difference. Protect like that, Not play him. Protect yeah, the player yeah. from himself. So here's my question. Well, you get the invite in return to come back. 
to now say, see, I told you so. Oh, oh. he probably won't. You know, Steven, oh. listen, you know he's I'm not going you know to do that. I'll be, yes, on first, I'll be on first take at some point this week, and I'll make sure I bring it up so he don't forget about it. Is it hoodie <laughs> season, though? But, are you going to go back to hoodie season? I don't know. It just depends on what I'm wearing on the day. They but, ridiculed you. Well, you know, Stephen A., when he throws up the bat signal, nobody knows. I don't know when I'm going to be on the show. I just know I will be on the show, and I'm not going to let him forget about that. Period. I just want to say I'm loving the shirt today, CC. St. Louis Thank Blues you. I colors. appreciate it. I don't right. look like a car salesman. Like, no, you like don't, Evan you don't. when he wears a button down. No, not at is all. Is this a button down or a button up? That I is a button down. I don't have buttons under That's the That's a button down. Well, do you know why I'm wearing what I'm wearing today? I'm wearing the quarter zip. Man and Cast tonight, ESPN2 with Peyton and Eli, Omaha production. So I wore the quarter zip in honor of Peyton and Eli. All right. Next one, Small. Star-studded weekend in both college football and the NFL. We've talked about Taylor Swift and her posse being at the Jets-Chiefs game last night. We know Dion is always bringing in the stars for Colorado. He certainly did for Colorado USC. I'm going to run through the celebrities at both of these games, and I need both of you to pick one celebrity out of the mix here that you want to have a drink with, all right? All right. Let's start with the NFL. Taylor Swift. She brings Sophie Turner, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, Sabrina Carpenter, and Anthony from Queer Eye. All right? All so right. keep that in your mind. Now, there's so many celebrities at the Colorado game, I'm going to whittle it down. We had T.O., Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, CeCe Sabathia, Michael Irvin was there, Jay-Z was there, and DaBaby. So you guys... Pick your poison. Who do you want to have a cocktail with? Well, I don't drink, but in theory, if I did. If you did, in theory. Here's my answer, and it's an easy one. It's not even a close second, and it's Jay-Z. Mm. It's number one. He's number one overall by a mile because of the fact that I just think anytime this man speaks, I sit there and I want to get a notepad out and just start taking notes because he's so damn smart. And everything he says, I'm like, oh, I should have thought of that. I should do this. That's a great way of thinking about this. Oh, great attitude. So I'm all in on Jay-Z. That's the reason why I should probably pick Jay-Z, but I'm going to go with somebody else. I'm going with the truth, Paul Pierce. Uh, and, oh, and, God. No, and, oh, and, God. And the reason, and the reason, what? what do you mean? I'm going with, hold on. She said for somebody to have a drink with That's or right. to hang out with. That's right. Did you see Paul Pierce's IG stories when he found out he got into the Basketball Hall of Fame? Did you see it, Evan? This is the man is not working here because of those IG stories. I'm just simply saying Paul Pierce looks like he knows how to have a good time. And if we're talking about having a drink with somebody, I'm going to go with Paul Pierce. Out of all the names on that list, I can promise you, when it comes to cutting loose, nobody does it at a higher level <laughs> than Paul Pierce. Well, if we're going that route, just you and I talking, nobody here would just cover up. Did you see Blake Lively last night? Here's Chris wow. Canty. Wow. Here is Chris Canty. No, I did not. No, I did not. Trust me, I did not. Everyone was thinking what I was thinking. Wow. If you're Taylor Swift, don't you want to be the most beautiful woman in the room at all times? You don't bring Blake Lively. Do you think Taylor Swift has one ounce of insecurity? She not only has beautiful friends around her, she is infusing our economy with billions of dollars. Well, that's true. She's the hottest thing going. She ha- she's there to support her new man. She's not worried about her friends looking better than her. Women can exist and all look hot together. We don't have to compete with one another, Evan. Well, Blake Lively's an 11 out of 10. Let's be honest. On and off the air. I mean, she's, she's wonderful and brilliant and amazing. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM80, ESPNU, ESPN app, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can chime in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line as part of Unsportsmanlike Nation. What are we looking for you guys to chime in on? Your Unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend, the moment that has you annoyed, that has you bothered, or has you laughing from the weekend at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. 888-SAY-ESPN, your unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend. Something that made you laugh in sports or something that made you basically cry or throw something in sports from over the weekend. Uh, You heard there with the Bills and the Dolphins. Boy, we all thought the Dolphins were just rolling. And now it's amazing how that one loss could make us look at things so much differently than anything else because, like, we all thought they were unstoppable. They then get stopped. Their defense was a disaster, 48-20. They end up losing to the Bills. Give Josh Allen credit, four touchdowns passing, a rushing touchdown. Steph Diggs, I guess we're not going to make a big deal about that relationship now Mm -mm. because three touchdowns receiving over the weekend, or yesterday, excuse me, and Tua did throw an interception. And I saw things going around, basically, Tua versus AFC East versus Tua versus other teams outside the AFC East because you think about the game so far. The Patriots played him well-ish, and the Bills played him well. Like, the teams that know him seem to play him a little bit better, and I still think their offense is potent, but you got to give the Bills a ton of credit yesterday. Yeah, I think the the headline is the Bills' defensive game plan for that Dolphins offense. They forced Tua to hold the ball to go off of his first and second reads, and I think that that gave that pass rush time to affect him. And you saw the Buffalo Bills sack him four times but pressure him and hit him numerous times. That That's ultimately where it starts when you talk about trying to limit a team's production in the passing game, being able to get after the opposing quarterback. But the Tua-led Miami Dolphins offense through the first three weeks did such a great job of getting the ball out on time. I think Tua's average snap-to-throw time was something like 2.4 seconds through the first three weeks of the National Football League. And so yesterday, you saw him hold the ball a lot longer, and that gave Greg Rousseau and company time to be able to pressure Tua, to hit Tua, and to sack Tua. So shout out to them. They took away the throws in between the numbers in the middle of the field, which are always the easiest throws for quarterbacks, and they forced Tua to go through his progression outside of the numbers downfield, and that's not an area that's been necessarily a strong suit of his. Now, I do anticipate Mike McDaniels adjusting to what we saw yesterday from that Bills defense. He'll have answers for Tua and company because we know one thing about the NFL. It's a copycat league, so there are going to be other defenses that try to 
copycat or try to use this as the blueprint for how to slow down that Dolphins offense. And I'm curious to see the evolution of it or the next iteration of it when it comes to being able to have answers for what we saw yesterday. No coach ever wants to lose, obviously. But how much do you think games like this for a team like the Dolphins, where there's that level of like, oh, we think we're invincible. Mike McDaniel probably says, hey, this is not the worst thing in the world. I could use this. For oh, me. I'm sure he's looking at it and saying, yeah, this is a good thing. Coming off of a game where we now drop, especially, where yeah. we drop 70 on somebody, it just right. shows you that, hey, you got to earn your wins every single week. And he said as much. He said it in the post-game press conference. The National Football League can be a humbling game. Like he said that. I think his team probably took the cheese after having such a decisive win over the Denver Broncos. So, yeah, it's not a surprise that this would be a moment where they would fall flat. But I don't think this is going to be who the Dolphins are offensively moving forward. Now, their defense – that's another story. That group needs to get it together, Smalls. Yeah, I felt like this is an outlier for the Dolphins, that maybe they were a little bit conflated after dropping 70 the week before, or a little bit inflated, I should say. But I, I'm i sure that they will have that fire lit under them moving forward. But this, to me, felt like the Buffalo Bills saying, okay, you're the talk of the NFL. I heard Chris Canny on Unsportsman like saying that the Miami Dolphins offense is the most complete unit in all of football. We're here to remind you that this is still our division. You have to go through us if you want to win. It felt like a statement game for Buffalo yesterday. Yeah, and I think it was, and I think I will continue to say, the first game of the season that we saw between Buffalo and the Jets on that Monday Night Football on September 11th, I think was the most significant game we've had up to this point in the NFL season and maybe moving forward, the most significant game. Why? Aaron Rodgers got hurt, unfortunately, and Josh Allen got the wake-up call that he needed because that could not continue that way. All right, we're getting your phone calls in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Unsportsmanlike moments from the weekend. David in Pennsylvania watching on ESPNU. What's up, David? Hey, guys, uh, appreciate taking my call. Love the show. Um, most you. annoying thing for the weekend has got to be the Ryder Cup, man. I mean, how many times have we gone over to Europe and gotten our asses kicked. I mean, it seems like the Europeans want it more. They play better as a team. And most of all, it just seemed like a lot of these Americans, if it wasn't for that stupid hat thing on Saturday with Patrick Cantlay, they had no interest in being there. The Europeans were the better team, and that's how we need to play going forward. And they need to make Tiger Woods the captain going forward for this team because he's what I think all these guys respect and look yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. Like, there was the whole thing with the hat. There was the thing yeah, with – Yeah, Joe LaCava, yeah. Yeah, Rory McIlroy and Joe LaCava, the caddy. I mean, it's just like, what are we doing? And then, yes, we're losing. But th- this is the thing with golf in general. There needs to be some level, and I think they've tried, of embracing Tiger where golf realizes, sorry, this sport is a lot different without him than it is with him. And he is the one person in sports that I believe is bigger than the sport that he plays in. That's how I would look at it. Uh, Sam in Tennessee at 92.9. What's up, Sam? Hey, what's going on? I uh, The thing I wanted to bring up to make me laugh and giggle and say finally is seeing Nick Saban in rare form back to his old self actually going off on, ki- on kids, on coaches like he used to. I'm talking Lane Kiffin in your face. I'm talking – Slapping on the backside, way too aggressive. AJ McCann, he was finally upset, and we won forty to seventeen. So I think that's huge, especially going into the game against Texas A&M next week, where we're the only two left without an SEC loss in the wild SEC West. So good to see Nick Saban yelling again. <laughs> that's an interesting one. Thanks for the call. The idea that Nick Saban looks like Nick Saban again by being a little off the rocker a little bit. Not bad. Not bad. I guess he does look like Nick Saban again. Brian in North Carolina at 99.9. What's up, Brian? 
Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, my moment from the weekend is uh, Duke football finally gets ESPN game day in town with all the celebrities and Ken John, Pat McAfee, and we've got the game in the bag. And you fourth and eight, they give it up. The uh, Notre Dame gets the touchdown. We get the ball back. Slim chance. Riley Leonard goes down. Uh, yeah, gets hurt like their quarterback. quarterback. Here's, the, here's the thing, and, and thanks for the phone call. CC, I'll ask you this because you went to an ACC school in Virginia that has been good at football, but obviously not a power in football. And no. Duke, Duke's had moments of being decent, but, you know, it's a basketball school. I look at it from afar as like, hey, you got game day. The result almost doesn't matter. Yeah. The Duke fan is not going to feel that way, but like game day was there for you. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I guess Duke is looking at it from the standpoint of maybe we have an outside chance at being able to win the conference if Florida State stumbles. I mean, we beat Clemson on our field. I mean, to have an opportunity where you lose on a walk-off touchdown run just doesn't feel – I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a moral victory in the sense that you had college game day there when it feels like this team could be playing for a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they did have college game day there. That they is did. a big deal. They did. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal what happened in Dallas yesterday. It's the worst loss of Bill Belichick's career. They lose by 35 points, down 25 at the half. Just an awful loss for the New England Patriots and a great win for the Dallas Cowboys, of course. Uh, someone on this show may think uh, Belichick and the Pats should be done with each other. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.